the Everyman Podcast. Oh, I love this music. Yeah, I got it in my jellies, bro. It's in my jellies. Big dog. It's in my jellies. Big dog. Daryl Campbell, how are you, brother? Doing good, man. Doing good. You know, I love my brother Jay, so I'm doing great. I too am good. Another another day, another pod. Here we are on the Everyman mm-hmm. Podcast, paddling in the cosmic canoe, and this week mm. our guest is the man, Jamie Vendera, vocal Please. strength coach, songwriter, entrepreneur, oh, businessman. Yeah. Ultimate man friend. Man friend. I mean, the guy's incredible. He's got some serious energy. Um, oh, and, yeah. and and Jeez. this this is a pod definitely, you know, I, I like to, sometimes I half listen to a podcast then watch it. On YouTube, um, but this is definitely one. Obviously, if you're listening to this right now, you, the only, only way you could be listening to this is listening to this. Um, this might be a good one to check out on YouTube because it's it's really animated, and uh, mm-hmm. Jamie's a fun guy. And there's going to be a couple little nidbits um, in there of uh, of some of his his past work. And Jamie um, came to us by way of our, our connection with uh, James Labrie and Chance Labrie. Shout mm-hmm. out to the Falset boys there up 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 in the north. So. Um, and got us connected. Jamie's a, a vocal strength training coach, um, and he's worked with a number of big time artists from every genre. Uh, and he he's works with James Labrie as well. And um, my man can shatter a wine glass, a crystal glass, with only his voice, mm-hmm. with no ampli- amplification. And that's it. He was on MythBusters. You may have seen him on MythBusters. It's a very famous clip. Um, all that stuff's going to be in the show notes, but some of that's going to be incorporated in the show. So definitely. If you normally listen to this, check us out on the YouTube. Link is below. Um, but, dude, Jamie Vendera, high energy. High energy. He has the juice. And you know what? He's just a just an overall awesome guy, man. No He's a true everyman. True everyman. Absolutely. I mean, I'm so jazzed up from all that juice. I'm about to go start screaming at my plates. You know what I mean? You should. You should do it, you know, expeditiously. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, if you're crystal wear, you better watch out because I think people are going to be uh, inspired after they hear this podcast. So, um, oh, yeah. you know, obviously, you know, the year of the Everyman 2020 continues onward uh, and the, the march towards 100 episodes continues. And mm-hmm. uh, every week, it's always absolutely a blessing to connect with you, my brother, and, and get to share a little bit of light, a little bit of what's on our mind. Uh, and sometimes like this, something that's you know, kind of groundbreaking, you know, with you a little bit, you know, there's some really cool stuff that mm-hmm. he talks about, you know, um, you know, vibrations and, you know, babies not getting tired. I was like oh, yeah. about crying and screaming because they're loose and stuff. And I'm like, Whoa, you know, I just never thought about that. You, really, didn't, really... Think, you didn't think about that. No, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. awesome stuff. But again, we hope everyone's safe and sound. Merry, jolly, uh, and and happy and fun for for Christmas mm-hmm. as it's right around the bend. And we're obviously, well, of course, we're going to do our Christmas spectacular. It's not Christmas without a Christmas spectacular, and uh, that's mm-hmm. coming soon, uh, but not yet. And uh, we will get into all our favorites for the year. So I'll tell you what, bro. With that being said, I think we should kick it to the man, Jamie Vendera. Kick it to him. Joining us today is songwriter, vocalist, and entrepreneur, Jamie Vendera. Jamie is one of the music industry's top vocal performance coaches in the business today. He's worked with singers from I Prevail, Journey, Alter Bridge, and of course, our friend and former guest, James Labrie from Dream Theater. Jamie developed the Dr. Vokes vocal training system 
and singers all over the world have been using it to rehab and strengthen their voices. If that's not interesting enough, you might know Jamie from a little show called Mythbusters where he demonstrated how he can break a goddamn wine glass with only his voice. Ladies and gentlemen, everyman, Jamie Vandera. What's up, brother? What's up, guys? Glad to yeah. have you on here. I got to say one thing, though. I have not worked with Journey. Uh, Steve Algeri is a really good friend of mine, and, yeah, we've traded a lot of tips. So there's a, there's a lot of people like uh, Primal Fear or even Ultra Bridge, and like, oh, you work with those singers. But I'm close with a lot of singers, and we do a lot of Skype sessions where we, we talk and rap voice, and these guys write articles for my books. But uh, it is always vocal related, so <laughs> I'm sure I've helped Steve out many a time in one way or another. So <laughs> that's awesome, man. Well, <clears throat> you know, I just I want to get it kind of explained because we have this thing we call the Cosmic Canoe here on the Everyman Podcast, and and the idea is generally that we're on a shared journey together. And you know, every time we we get a connected to someone, it turns into five other connections that develop these, all these great relationships and, and new interesting faces and stories. And, uh, you know, a couple weeks ago we had James LeBrie back on the podcast. We met James, uh, at a dream theater show, Daryl's first concert and, yes, uh, connected and he came on the show, had a great time. So he's like, Hey, you know, let's come back on. So he comes back on. And when he was on the show, episode 94, uh, you guys can check it out on YouTube. Um, and one of the things he brought up was, you know, I had this show and we were on the road in South America and I woke up, my, my voice is thrashed. I can't even talk. And I had this thing. It's like a water bottle. Hang on. Let me go get it. And it turns around. We're like waiting. We thought he was going to come out with a flamethrower or something crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Comes out with this little, little doodad. And I'm looking at it. I'm like, what is going on here? And he starts demonstrating it. And he's like, yeah, I, I, I was literally hoarse. I started blowing in this thing and, and doing my training exercises all day. And next thing you know, Time for the show. I went out to did did the whole set, and uh, what he was talking about was the Doctor Vokes, that yeah, little that little doodad right there. So before we get into MythBusters and Shattering Glass and everything like that, um, you know, I want to kind of what start where we got connected. So you know, James was like, "Hey, you got to get you should get him on." And then Chance, ironically, shout out to the Falset Boys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Chance was like the one who made the connection. Next thing you know, here we are. So. Tell me about what you're doing now. Where are you? What's what's going on? What's your deal, dude? Uh, where where am I not? Uh, I'm all, well. I own an online school. I'm always teaching. I'm writing books. I've written like I don't know sixty or seventy books. Uh, singing books. I write fiction. I write horror. I write fantasy. I write YA. I haven't done any TV shows in a while. Uh, that's my preference uh, because I was on a show in Japan. And you'll hear it tonight. It's coming on now. Uh, My voice goes hoarse. It comes in and out. And it has been for six years because I got a piece of glass stuck in my throat on a show in Tokyo. Uh, The funny thing is we had about 500 people in the crowd. And so I'm screaming at the first glass. And when it exploded, I I felt like somebody had stabbed me in the back of the throat with a knife. And I could taste blood. And I'm like, what the hell? And I was like, "Uh, okay. And I had to break two more glasses. So I kept going. I didn't think anything. And I got back to the hotel room, and there was a huge knot. It went and quit bleeding in the back of my throat. Got home. We did MRIs, CAT scans, anything we can think of. And um, you can't see glass on an MRI. I mean, we could see the scarring, but we really weren't for sure. And I wasn't about to let them uh, go in with it, you know, and do exploratory surgery to find out if anything was wrong. Um, so I do feel a knot even to this day. It's it's a little less from using uh, the Vokes, but um, it is still there. So, but I, man, I keep pushing. I mean, even after this accident, 
I've toured. Uh, I tour with I Prevail. You know, Brian and Eric, they're both my students. I work with Dylan, too. In fact, Brian was – I'm trying to get him on tonight. I'm going to push him to do another show with you uh, if you guys like it. He's so yeah, busy this week. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I can't really say what he's doing, <laughs> but he's just too busy to be be on tonight. Undisclosed uh, location. Yeah, them. And, you know, I, I tour with Bollywood artists. I work with Predom. I, I, uh, my last gigs, I was flying to Mumbai. And uh, when COVID hit, it kind of knocked out some things. I would have been back in India teaching. I uh, probably would have been touring with some uh, Bollywood artists here. I would have been back on the road with I Prevail. So uh, I just keep busy, man. I'm working on a new uh, my partner will kill me, and I can't really say a lot, but I'm working on a new product that is unlike anything I've ever done uh, with singing, but it is amazing, and we've been on this thing for almost a year, and I work like four or five hours. I get up at five in the morning and work on this thing to at least nine or mm-hmm. ten before I start teaching or whatever I'm doing. But that, and you know, every month COVID, everyone's, uh, they're doing goofy videos or they're releasing songs, and you know, that's the one thing I've I've kind of lost, and even though... I have no stamina now, and my voice five minutes from now will be hoarse, and three minutes will be okay. Uh, I can still record. You know, I can hit pause. <laughs> I can do multiple takes. So we've been recording songs. You know, I, I have my partner, Scott Stith, who tours with me around the world when we do workshops. And I got another uh, songwriting partner, Ryan Wall, who does a lot of music on his own. And so we formed a band called Angel Fire East, and we're doing stuff. And then I also do parody songs. So, and that's what it's about, man. It's about having fun. Yep. So, um, absolutely. Yeah. Shining a light. I, yeah, COVID helped me to learn to have fun again. I actually kind of lost that connection, especially after the accident, because I haven't really sang much for the last six years because mm. it's too, it, it, the pain uh, hurts a lot. And I actually sent you some clips yeah. where I'm hitting soprano C. And so I haven't hit soprano C in six years. Uh, but now, can you give some, fun? I, I want to, I want to talk about that. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but no. you know, we have a lot of musicians that listen to the podcast, but we also have a lot of the every man and the every woman who maybe just they're music enthusiasts. Can you kind of put to context what that means when you say, you know, like a C sharp and, you know, soprano, like, what does that mean in layman's terms? Oh, I mean, that's like, uh, you know, it's, it's a high C you hear these female opera singers hitting these crazy notes, like um, a Mariah Carey type. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a whistle. Yeah. It's probably a little higher, but yeah, up in that range. Up in that range. So we we have a song. Um, it'll be out in a couple months called Forbidding that has that in it. But it's uh, Jim Gillette. You know, I don't know if either of you heard of Jim Gillette from the band Nitro. So, well, that was my coach, dude. That's how I learned to sing those ultra high notes. Have you ever heard any Nitro music or 80s bands like Vinnie Vincent Beige and Steelheart? Uh, that kind of range is, is what I'm talking about, which isn't really popular anymore. But, hey. Well- I'm 51. <laughs> I'm still stuck in the 80s. So <laughs> it's you know, man. All the 80s. I'll, I'll tell you, and, and we'll we'll kind of get on Dream Theater, you know, at, at eventually. But one of the things that drew me to Dream Theater is I like the first band that I ever like fell in love with was Yes. Okay, and yeah. I've always been drawn to like vocal extremes and later that kind of developed into like my metal tastes where I like really I love some of the guttural stuff you know don't get me wrong but I'm really into like power metal you know Dragon Force and uh, Sonata Artica and Power Glove you know they've been on the show and um, all these kind of over the top in a, in a good way you know um, bombastic singers Judas Priest you know and I know that's a lot of the, the kind of stuff you're talking about and there's a certain it's like you 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 have to run like a razor's edge to be able to do that, and it's like yeah. so much more. T- like I don't know what the the what right word is, but it's like 
to me, it's like a higher level of difficulty to say like, you know what, I'm going to do that and I'm going to commit to it and I'm going to make a career out of it because like, it would be much easier because you all couldn't sing in like a quote unquote normal range too. Yeah. But you choose to like, it's like these fighter pilots, bro. Right. Like the blue angels. They're like, yeah, I'll just fucking fly up here and do a couple twisty do's. And you know, it's like, well, you could just go straight there, you know? (laughs) Well, you know, it's what's in your heart. Um, the one thing, who was it? And I, I didn't know me no offense to this man. Shine down, love Shine down, love Brent Smith's voice. When someone's talking about, man, Brent Smith's got like a six octave range and he sings so high, and he does sing high. But I started, where I come from, the '80s. I started comparing range, and you got like Jim Gillette and Rob Halford and Tony Harnell from TNT, these really high guys, Skid Row, and then you got Bon Jovi. So back then we thought, okay, here's Bon Jovi's range. And then that, in this day and age, in the 2000s, we have Brent Smith, and we hold him up here. And I started comparing uh, Shinedown songs to a lot of Bon Jovi songs. And I'm like, dude, basically the same vocal range. It's, it's our perception of what we think is high or what we think is low. And it's really about what the singer wants to accomplish. You know, if you don't have the mindset that I cannot hit that note, uh, you will hit that note. I, same thing with me. I was in a band at 16 called Flint's. And these guys were a lot older than me. And I'm here, I was in high school and playing on the weekends. And they were like, hey, you, you got young vocal cords. So we're going to have you sing Moni Moni and Sweet Child of Mine and, you know, and Def Leppard and all this stuff. Okay. <laughs> you know, I didn't know any better, man. So I just, I went for it. Uh, I had yeah. trouble, but, you know, I figured it out along the way. I didn't have that total mindset that it was out of my reach. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned Bon Jovi because... My best friend, Joe, his mother is Bon Jovi's number one fan. She literally won a contest for Good Morning America at one point in our childhood of like who the number it's, it's, it's awesome. She's like the, she was like the president of the fan club, all this shit. So one time no she had, way. yeah. So one time she had extra, somehow had extra tickets to see Bon Jovi. And I was like, fuck yeah, there's no way I'm going to miss this opportunity. So it was Bon Jovi and Nickelback. Now you, you know, Nickelback gets a lot of shit. At one point, like I'm old him. enough to remember. First of all, I love him. Yeah, I'm old enough too. to remember when everybody was like, dude, Nickelback is awesome. And then somehow they became too successful, I guess. And like that became uncool to, to write like number one hit after number one hit for 15 years. Yeah. I don't know. I think that's pretty impressive. Um, but anyway, I remember two things like, wow, like they're super heavy live. But Bon Jovi, I'm listening to it. And I'm like, man, this is heavier than the records and you're talking about the vocal range and how you perceive it and i think part of that has a lot to do with like the modern amp technology that everyone's using like every sound is heavier and and lower and especially now with down tuning like especially i prevail like my my fiance and i were listening to it uh before the podcast because i went down a wormhole kind of going through uh you know youtube and typing your name in and then watching all this stuff and um but that heavy guitar driven music is like mainstream rock now, you know? So like the vocal range is seemingly in popular music is like getting lower, but it's kind of the same. But it's still, it's still energetic. I mean, you know, there's no sin in singing. I was listening to, um, I was studying a lot of different singers lately and uh, lately. And today it was Patsy Klein and then Al Green and as I'm listening to Al Green, who is freaking phenomenal, and I'm mm-hmm. like the hugest Prince fan. I mean, Prince is everything to me. 
And I compare now Green to Prince and uh, listening to Al's uh, falsetto, and he is really nowhere near the vocal range of anything. But it's it's his swagger and his phrasing and his flow and the way he does it. And you perceive him as being uh, a much, much higher singer. Uh, but even today, I mean, when you drop down and, you know, Brian, uh, you know, Berkheiser singing And I Prevail, he's still singing pretty decently high. Yeah. Um, you know, we worked... You know, when they did Lifelines, um, and I'm sure you've heard the stuff about him where he had vocal surgery and had to cancel mm-hmm. a bunch of gigs. He could barely hit the A, A4. Well, if you heard, heard the song Lifelines, it's, it's on the course. And he's like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that anymore. And I was in Detroit working with him for the trauma record. And in six hours, dude, he's nailing two notes higher for uh, Hurricane. And he's already higher. He's already singing higher. So he, you can't expand your range. But even if he didn't, Dude, that's still the same range as separate ways by journey. Yet we we think of a super Steve high. Perry yeah. Is super yeah. high. Same yeah. notes. Hurricane and separate ways. The money note, that high note is the same note. I love that and song, by the way. Talk about a heavy ass song. Yeah. If you see yeah. Neil Sean playing that like in the last ten years, he's like I'm like, Hell yeah, man. I love that shit, you know? It's so heavy. I loved I loved him in Hardline, if you remember that band with Johnny G. And uh, Joey Jewell, and it's just that hard driving sound. Yeah, I do. Wales, dude, he's he's great. Yeah. Um, so can, can we uh, just back up a second here? Sure. I got I got to stop here because I gotta I gotta touch into the energy that you have, Jamie, because what you said about Brian Burkheiser getting mm-hmm. him back from from vocal surgery. Can you just talk about the passion that you have with respect to getting to your guys and teaching them and getting them back up to to baseline and even exceeding breaking their limits? Can you can you talk about that because I just feel a lot of energy from you right now when it comes to teaching and I resonate with that really. I mean, like for me, I got chills right now just talking to you about it because anytime you can pour into someone and make them better or have, or help them from, you know, a deficit, I've had two knee surgeries. I've had shoulder surgeries. I've had neck damage. I know what it is to go in and go through PT, have somebody get me, better than what I was. So please talk to us about that. You know, it's funny you said PT because I, a lot of people call me a singing teacher, a vocal coach. I'm, I'm a voice strengthening specialist. If I'm working um, for whoever, Starset or, um, you know, Sky Harbor, any of these bands, it's about uh, stamina and longevity. And I never wanted to be a coach, man. And I have to back up to explain this. Uh, in 1996, <clears throat> my voice is going out for my, <clears throat> my endemics will come back here in a minute. <clears throat> in 1996, a friend of mine, Troy Gregory, had uh, called and said, dude, can you teach me sing high? I was like, I guess, why? And he said, I just want to sing Pull Me Under, my dream theater. And I kid you not, I tell a story all the time because it's a kind of a joke with James. I didn't care for dream theater. I was like, I don't like this. He came over and I didn't want to do vocal scale. So I didn't want to do such as Gillette taught me. So I I don't don't have it down here, but I had a thing called a pitch wheel. And it's like Mm -hmm. a little round harmonica. And I said, hey, try this. I'm I'm like, guys, I blew on it. And I said, do this. Yeah. And we just did a slide and we slid back down. He said, what is that? I said, it's called a siren. I made it up because Jim Gillette would do that. You go to YouTube, you see him going, yeah. And he has a high slide. And I, I mimicked that. And his voice grew, and then word got out, and I started teaching people around here. And then I wrote my first book. I got them with Busters and all that, and it unfolded. And when I started training people like James, it was more about uh, vocal strength training, making yeah. sure he could do it night after night. So that that's where the methodology, that's where the passion of mine comes from. Because when I see a singer light up and they're like, oh, my God. 
See? I can't believe I hit that. Yeah. You should have seen Brian uh, when we were there. He, he was like, I, he's like, I'll never hit that A. And we're working on a hurricane. This is before it's even out. We're in his, his apartment before we moved into his house. And he's just wailing. And his fiance, then girlfriend comes in and uh, he's like, listen to this, listen to this. I'm like, dude. You got it. What are you yeah. What are you worried about? Uh, it's all we're doing. And you know this from having PT. We're building muscle. Uh, mm-hmm. And you go to YouTube, all these coaches are talking about the crack of thyroid, thyroid muscles. I know all that. I work with a doctor, um, but I don't teach that way. I teach right. from more of a strengthening therapy type approach, even though I, I don't right. call it therapy. I'm not a therapist. To work the muscles, like isolate the muscles and stretch them and build them like we're yeah. doing squats and uh, bench presses with the vocal cords. Right. And I've proven it time and time again. If I didn't develop this methodology, which I call the ISO method, I would not hold the glass shattering world record because um, that's what gave me the power. Yeah. I mean, I remember when um, I was first on Good Morning America and um, when they were testing voices and there was like 22 opera singers from the Boston Opera, uh, Jamie and Adam and uh, Roger Schwinke, Dr. Roger Schwinke from Meyer Sounds like, dude, you know how loud you are? I don't know. So they're like you're over 105 <laughs> decibels. So these, these opera singers can't even break 90. And I'm like, what? Eh, I just got a big mouth. <laughs> and I was nearly 120 on the Mythbuster show. So, but it isn't anything special about my cords. We've scoped and we've looked, and my TA muscles are a little bigger. But um, it's just the training, the breathing, and all of that. So, any of you watching this now, I mean, if you're worried, like I've lost my range, I'm getting too old, uh, stop it. I promise you. Unless you have like major vocal damage and you're working with an ENT about it, you can regain your voice. So the, it, hope is not lost, man. You really can uh, find your way back. And that's what makes me happy. Because, I, again, I never wanted to be a coach. But when I started seeing that, man, it changed who I was. Because, and it isn't, it's never ego with me. Dude, I've worked with so many rock stars that people don't even know about. And I don't even care. I don't care if they endorse me or not. It's the fact that I've got them through, uh, you know, some uh, trial in their life. And that's we're keeping music going. That's the thing. That's that's so cool. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that. And the other thing, too, that I want to point out just from just doing my research on you is your training methodology is particular for everyone. If you have <laughs> if, if, if you want to increase your range or if you just want to get better, like you say, you're training muscles. Right. And that's that's what it's all about with you and your training methodology. And, and the other thing, too, which is huge for me when I watch some of your YouTube episodes and your training, your training sessions is you are so pointed about owning your voice. And that's what I love about yeah. how you introduce your methods to people. It's amazing. You know, it's, I get so many emails. Uh, the two biggest ones are, can you teach me to sing like James Labrie? And can you teach me to sing like Miles Kennedy? And uh, I said, hey, we've already got a James and a Miles. Why don't we teach you to sing like you? There you go. That's what we want. And speaking of, I love Miles. Uh, I don't know if you guys heard uh, you probably you probably had in this one you're mentioning thing. We redid open your eyes, but Ultra Bridge. Yep, yep, I know all about completely, it. Completely changed it. Yeah, it's and awesome. I, and I had and uh, that's but he's a beast said. though. He's he's incredible. Oh, dude, and also dude. also did the vocals on one of my favorite, if not fuck it, it is my favorite movie soundtrack of all time, Rockstar. You know, oh, dude, and he's dude, in I, that as the you know like you list go if you just go listen to that. That's all you need to know about Miles Kennedy, okay? <laughs> that steel heart. Oh, yeah. So good. I, I love it. And yeah, Slash, so, too. Slash is uh, whatever dude, band, big top, big I was, hat, uh, big when, snake when band. My, 
my buddy, he's like my brother, Tony Harnell from TNT. He was he was playing with Skid Row for a minute, and there was a festival in Kentucky, and I went down to see him, and I don't know what they did, but you couldn't get any cell service. And I'm hanging with Tony yesterday, and I finally get a text from Miles. He's like, where are you at? I'm like, dude, I can't get to get over here, get over here. We <laughs> and my, my, my old drummer, Tim Oda, we made it over, and they pulled us in and brought us up. So Slash came by, kind of patted me on the shoulder. Miles hugged me, and right out on stage they went. Uh, but you know, I've never worked with him. You know, I helped him out when they were sick on the. He was sick on the road on the Blackbird tour. But he's got a phenomenal coach, Ron Anderson. But uh, everybody, that's what I'm saying. People contact me like, "Can you teach me to sound like Miles?" I'm like, why? Well, I was at an Ultra Bridge concert, and afterwards I met Miles, and he said he needs to come to you for <laughs> come to Jamie Vendera for lessons. I'm like, dude, you got a coach. But he's something something about our relationship, man. You know, not. Not taking anything away from Ron, um, you know he knows. I know he, he supports him much more than he does me, and of course he should. But a lot of singers reach out to me uh, because of my connection with Miles and James. So that's just like kind of word of mouth, I guess it gets around. Yeah, dude. I I was telling somebody talking about management today with um, one of the I Prevail team, and I said I never had a manager, and yeah, I've been on like 60, 70 TV shows. I've uh, toured Australia. I've taught in Bahrain. Uh, Bahrain. I've taught in India. I've taught in Poland uh, and in the United States. And it's just word of mouth because I am like the worst marketer. And any ads you see from me on uh, Facebook, that's not me. That's my partner, Ben Balin. I don't know, man. I, I, you've got a natural like pitch man energy. Like I was watching your videos talking about it. I was like hooked. I'm like, dude, this. And then I'm like watching some of your, again, you talk about the passion and I'm like, I'm one of those guys where I just, I love specialty stuff, you know, yeah. and, and whether it's like barbecuing or, you know, any of my <laughs> other crazy hobbies that Daryl knows about, like, it's oh just the special end of things that I love. And that's like, like what you do, you know, it's like a specialized hyper-focused, again, it's a commitment thing. And, um, I see that passion and the energy in your, in your teaching, like, because there's something funny kind of about trying to explain to somebody how to sing. And, yeah. you know, I come, obviously, you know, I'm a musician. I was early on, I was, I was a singer all the way up until I like started being interested in girls. And I thought it was uncool to be a singer. Little did I know, like, that's where the, the money could be, you know, I should have stuck with that. But, <laughs> um, you know, like I grew up in the choirs and, and the, the jazz competitions and all that stuff. Yeah, and, sex. um, mm-hmm. super, super lots of, Lots of female action there, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, watching you explain how to do a technique is really fun. And I think, like, in the, and the links will be in the description of this YouTube episode and on the, on the audio version if you're just listening to this right now on the podcast here. But you kind of like hop in and out of what you're like, you're explaining what, what it is, but you're demonstrating it. And it's like, it's like not intentionally funny, but I'm watching it. I'm just smiling because it made me like your energy was coming through and it's exciting. And it's like, how did you develop your teaching style? Like, was it just, are is that just, you're just trying to explain it? Not, you know, just nervous energy. I, I had, um, well, my secret really is this one gallon jug. That thing is fucking there you go. sweet. <laughs> Love it. As somebody who's, who, who usually has a, a, a gallon jug uh, almost at myself, I'm a big fan of large, you know, Dude, beverage I, vessels. Drink, yeah, constantly drinking. No, it's not coffee. It's water. But no, you know, I, I studied voice uh, in Hollywood at Musicians Institute. And like I said, I started playing bars at 16 and I had a lot of trouble. And my, I had a coach uh, right out of high school and college. And I love this woman. But she said, hey, 
you you have a vocal break way down here in what's considered the bass range. You'll never sing high unless you do head voice. And she was referring to falsetto. Right. And you're done. And I'm thinking, really? I'm singing Journey and Def Leppard and all this stuff and ACDC out already in clubs. And I know that's much higher. I may be doing it wrong, but, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm still doing it. And that's when I thought I need to go and study. And I went to MI, and their program was new. And I did learn some stuff, but I didn't really discover true vocal technique until I worked with Thomas Appel. Jim Gillette and Elizabeth Sabine and uh, between all of them and studying uh, old books like from Herbert Chassari and books from the 1800s uh, from uh, coaches way back when that I started to put it all together. So my coaches really come from a an opera background and not like Belcanto, like true opera where you bear down, you breathe, the belly expands, you bear down uh, for support and you place the voice straight up in the palate. And it just stuck with me, and I kept singing. And again, like I said, I didn't want to be a coach, but I had all these notebooks because I'd been studying voice for myself. And after that first lesson uh, with Troy, I thought, huh, you know, people kept asking me, so I started to develop it. And I'm high strung, naturally high strung. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I know it's hard to believe, but I'm actually tired, uh, man. <laughs> yeah, this is low. This is your low energy. This, yeah. is, this is the low energy. I love it. Tired energy. This is awesome. Yeah, this is but perfect I for just, us. I don't know, man. You know, the last time I was in India, I landed as back in March of 2019. I'm feeling great, dude. By that night, I was so sick. You would have thought I had COVID before COVID was a thing. Oh man, I was sick all way. Had to take me to a hospital. I was like this. I got on a radio show and had to do a couple of workshops. I sounded like Barry White. I was just like this. <laughs> wow. But our major workshop, I don't I don't even know how I made it through it. I was so sick of the day of the workshop, nobody even knew except for I was telling them. <laughs> I'm wow. Sick. You know, so my energy is just um, something about teaching, man. It's um, yeah. And again, it's not – I mean, I have students – who will work with me and say, hey, can you help me write lyrics or can you give me a melody idea for this? And I generally, I don't approach it like, hey, you can sing everything. I approach it as your one instruments. Uh, let's fine tune that with sort of a reading support placement. Let's do the ISO exercises and let's start developing it. And then we put it in your songs. And then if you want to work on vibrato or rasp or whatever, we can we can fine tune those as well. But it's it's always all my lessons are different, man. It's just always about what the student needs. So, now, so cool. Do so you cool. do you work with uh, you know whatever you want to call it, screaming, the guttural kind of yeah. vocal techniques? Do you have a lot of requests for that kind of stuff? Yeah, dude, you go go to screaminglessons.com. I uh, I've actually <laughs> I've I've we've released extreme stream. I can't even talk extreme stream one and two, which is like the death stuff in the mid range. We're working on extreme stream three, which is Judas Priest and all that uh, metal falsetto, like King Diamond. Uh, I love King metal, Diamond. Rock and metal vibrato, dude. You gotta see the pictures. Then my my partner made me put on the makeup and everything <laughs> to promote this. And I look like a dorky version of King Diamond. <laughs> but, but yeah, dude, I do a lot. I actually was out in Colorado or somewhere, and I was teaching a group of doctors and scientists and uh, vocal coaches how to scream, whether it was uh, ACDC or uh, Lamb of God or Alice in Chains or, or uh, Louis Armstrong. They wanted to know how to do the sounds without blowing out their throat. Yeah. And <laughs> For, like, medical purposes? 
No, well, no, because they're teaching this. They want to expand uh, it. So, okay. So it was a it was a group um, group of great uh, coaches from uh, something called IVTOM, the International Voice Teachers of Mix. So they hired me and invited me out to do that. But the the thing is, there was this uh, scientist from Germany, and he's in the back, Dr. Hubert Noe, sitting here like this. <laughs> I'm like, I am I'm always nervous, but I turn into something positive. I swear to you, my throat dried up in a minute, and I oh. thought. I'm not going to be able to do this workshop. And I'm talking, I'm scared to death because of this guy, because he knows this stuff. <clears throat> and I, I had a pep talk in my head and said, you're Jamie Flippin' Vendera, do this. Three hours later, everyone's clapping. Dr. Uh, Noah walks up to me and he says, you're in the wrong profession. And I thought, oh God, here we go. He says, you, you're a Wagnerian tenor. You can make so much money with that voice. And I said, dude, I'm not. I'm a bass. I've just extended. No, 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 no. Let me put it to you another way. I wish I had your voice. <laughs> oh, you know, wow. what, a, what a compliment. That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. And and you should be here, Jamie. You should be here telling stories at NFL Films, man. Where are you at? You can do that. Yeah, dude, I would I'm love out, to. Mount Laurel, out Laurel, New Jersey, man. Ah, oh, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to travel. God, I haven't traveled. I don't know if I know. you guys are on a plane, but I'm like cooped up. <clears throat> I live yeah. in this little yeah. this little room. I'm remodeling, and all I'm doing is filming. And I suck at filming, uh, so I appreciate you saying those films look good. Some they of look great. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> look, if it's look my awesome. full, if it's the full bodied ones, uh, my guy who's doing the band friend video with me, uh, Sean Daniel, he filmed those. But if it's just me sitting here, there's a blue screen behind me. That's me with the Canon camera. And, um, you know, all my, all my team helped me kind of dial it in because I suck at setting up lighting and all that stuff. And they just tell me when it's good and I go. <laughs> I, was, I, I thought it was great, man. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we, we've been blowing through a lot of stuff here. I want to bring up something uh, I heard on, the, uh, on, on one of your coaching videos. Um, your body is a tuning fork and kind of using the vibrations of your body. Can you kind of elaborate a little bit on what you mean about that? Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, when you sing, come on. I mean, you because I. The thing is, I didn't come at this as a rock or metal singer. Me growing up in my house was uh, a ton of James Brown. There was Teddy Pendergrass. There was John Lennon, uh, Led Zeppelin. So all these artists who their whole body resonated. I mean, you could hear it with everything. And then as I started learning about uh, singing, they talked about like chest voice and head voice, and where you feel these vibrations. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, when I'm speaking to you, I can feel vibration in my fingertips. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always focus everything in the roof of my mouth, and I feel like everything vibrates. So when you're free and loose and you're singing from your soul, you really feel it everywhere. You don't have to think, oh, I'm in chest voice, I'm in head voice. Just let it resonate and let, let it buzz. I mean, you can hear it. Um, what well, case in point, you may be at a concert and you can't hear yourself, but you'll be singing along and everything's so free. And you know you're in key with the artist. Why? Because you can hear that pitch, the guitar, everything is resonating that whole amphitheater and your body can feel it. Mm -hmm. So there, there are a lot of times where even Brian, man, he was so hooked on, I got to hear, I got to have the perfect mix. He, his, uh, when we were on tour last time, um, they were having trouble with their inner systems and it went out and, uh, they had to come over and swap it out and he needed mine and the song was coming back in. He's trying to get it fixed. I start patting him on the, on the shoulder for the beat of Gabe's drums, and he goes into singing, and dude, it was so funny, his, uh, one of his, uh, the I Prevail team, Dom, said, dude, he was pitch perfect, it was flowing, he could not hear himself, 
because he accepted that his body was a tuning fork. He trusted it. He could feel the vibrations from the guitar, from the bass, from the drums, and it locked in. You know, you know how to sing in tune. Your body wants to sing in tune. Everything wants to sing in tune. We just got to get out of our head space because everyone's like, oh, you know, I'm, I can't do it. I can't hit the snow. I, I haven't sang in six weeks. I, I got a cold. And uh, before my accident, here I am saying, before my accident, <laughs> before my accident, dude, I've been on shows where I was like this. I was sick with the flu, and I'd get up there, and then I would sing a song, and I'd break a wine glass, and you wouldn't even know I was sick except for the sweaty armpits and my shirt. So, <laughs> you know, you well, you know, you played football. Dude, I guarantee you there was a time when you're like, man, I, I got a pounding headache. I'm sick. I can't hit the field, but I'm going to do it. And you gave it yeah. your all. So yeah. That's what it's about. Body remembers, man. Your body remembers. You know, you're talking about vibration and kind of that's not to get all, uh, you know, woo woo here, but I don't know if that's a that's offensive right. to the woo woo, like woo woo <clears throat> of man. the world. Um, <laughs> so I have this kind of this theory. I'm a big there's a couple of bands I really love in my life. You know, Dream Theater is one of them. We'll talk about them in a second. But Meshuggah is. Mm-hmm. They they do some there's something going on there, and this reminds me of a conversation we had with Mike Mangini. And Mike obviously comes from this mathematics and physics background, and he's also he just, comes from Mars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike is loaded. Yeah. yeah, love it. He's a he's a special special guy in in the yeah. best way. Um, he's amazing, and um, he, we were talking about this Meshuggah theory, and I there's been times when I see them. Uh, live where there's something going on in the room and it has to do with the rhythm being this constant rhythm and then this this droning vibe like harmonic vibration that they put off and it like connects everybody on stage it connects everybody in the audience and when you look at you know um just on a basic level human history with music like we've used drums around the fire to tell stories to to go to war to you know celebrate i mean there's there's something primal about it and it's like it, it unlocks a a deep part of you that you didn't know is in there until you find yourself you know at the gramercy theater or whatever with mashuga playing at this super locked in pace and at a certain frequency that almost resonates with your body. And it's like, I, I don't know enough to know like what the science or what's going on there. But I think that's that thing that people talk about when, you know, that, that connection to live music and no, dude, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because um, I mean, we all, everything vibrates. And I mean, if we break it down, look, when I'm screaming at a wine glass and it explodes, this pitch for me done something to that. They're breaking up tumors uh, with sound. This thing works on the principle of sound. They've literally filmed when I'm going, that sound is coming back down and massaging my cords and the muscle. And you can see it. Um, The best concert I've ever seen in my life was because of that fact. It was Prince on the musicology tour. And I can't remember the drummer he had That's big old guy playing. They did a three hour gig and that guy did not stop. There was no pause. That's probably John drums. Blackwell at that time. It might have been John Black. Yeah, dude, I couldn't believe it. And it was care. He owns the thousands of people in this. Th- it was a like a hockey arena or something. Yeah. Um, it moves people, the people. Yeah. 
Uh, it was just, it was, it was that tribal thing and you could feel it. I mean, when, when we left her, I felt lighter. Uh, it does. It resonates your body. That's why they even say like singers live longer. You know, of course we're using more breath, but dude, it's, it's being in contact with that primal hmm. sounds, you yeah. know, and I understand that's, that's babies crying. Think about babies. Going, ah, ah! They never lose their voice. Because their bodies, they understand yeah. how to resonate. We we Holy naturally shit. know how to do it, and we forget. You just blew my over. mind, dude. Dude, that's I where, never that's thought where, about that. For my teaching, yeah. well, you never hear a baby go. Ah, 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 never mind, I lost my voice. Uh, you're right. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard it. Yeah, no, they just keep going. But we Holy get into shit. school, and what, like the guys, the one thing guys do, all of a sudden they're like, hey, I'm big and I want to fight. You forget how to breathe. You watch a baby in a crib, and they're, when they're inhaling, their bellies are rising and yeah. they're dropping. And when they're crying, they're pushing like they're pooping. I mean, they bear down. That is where we get the energy and the power. Mm -hmm. so that's I, where the money I, is. That's where the money is. You know, people talk about sing from the diaphragm. I'm sorry, I don't care how many coaches I piss off tonight. You can't sing from the diaphragm. It's a very important muscle, but it's the inhalation muscle that helps expand downwards, or it does expand downwards, and it fills the lungs with air, fills, fills your fuel tanks. To support, we have to bear down, and that keeps that diaphragm down too, so it relaxes slower, and uh, it doesn't go whoo. So you don't push all that breath out and, you know, excess breath, it'll, it'll blow those cords apart. It'll dry out your cords. So we want breath control and mm -hmm. um, it all connects, man. When you bear down, it's like turning on an amplifier. Uh, that's why I'm so loud. Bearing down is what gives me that power. Daryl, you know yeah. what we're going to have to do, right? Well, Bruce Lee thing, or you have to break a glass. No, 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 no. We're going to have to connect you with EJ. <laughs> we're going to have, we have oh, to, man. this is, yeah. it has to happen, right? <laughs> oh my gosh. Tell him who EJ oh my is. Gosh. So, so, so EJ is a young man that used to be a producer here at NFL films. Um, now um, he does, he's a voice actor. He does commercials. He does, he does movies. He's, he does good morning. America's like open. He does uh, inside the NFL, oh, all cool. of our segments. And I mean, but this guy, he gets on and it sounds like his, 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 he's 23, 24. But it sounds like his balls have dropped like 18 times. It's ridiculous, man. <laughs> I swear to you. It's, it's, it's um, amazing. Dang, I, I got to have the flu. I have to have the flu in India to, to, for that to happen. Yeah, man. Yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to put a, we'll have to put a, an ultimate vocal summit together. Um, yeah, that'd be cool. This is, yeah, Hell this yeah. is, this has been great, man. So I want to talk about, you know, Mythbusters and, and before we, we get into that, but like, when did you first, go you know what i'm gonna shatter a glass with my voice like when at what point did you realize you could do that <laughs> dude I, that was like 1988 or something because uh nitro came out michelangelo badio had the four net guitar yep. and, you know jim hitting those notes and you watch the freight train video and he's exploding glasses well uh i was a big fan of jim i i did his program i ch I, I was like a stalker at every uh, nitro show came around <laughs> we became friends uh, sometimes like that's what you gotta do man Dude, you, you, know, gotta do you gotta be a deranged fan yeah, and, <laughs> so i started this website called the voice connection originally like oh two and i'm interviewing you know Stephen algeri and tony harnell and all these singers i adore and i reached out to jim and he's like you know you can never find him he was him and lee were married at the time they had uh, two children and um i get this phone call at my house and i hear and it was uh, i pick it up i hear jamie and i hadn't talked to him in like 12 or 15 years but i knew my my eyes went boing, 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 and my wife <laughs> it was jim gillette because that's the only person make me do that so we became tight you know interviewed he actually is the one that got me on mythbusters and good morning america 
Sweet. Because he called, they wanted him to do it. Um, and he's like, I'm, I live in the islands. I, I don't want to do it, but I know who can. And he said, hey, you want to be on TV? I said, sure, doing what? <laughs> That's what a, what a gig. That's amazing. Dude, I about, I about yeah. crap my pants. And my heart was said, absolutely no way. But my mouth, because this was my mentor, said, yeah. And I just scared <laughs> out of my mind. But I've been wanting to do that for, what, 80, 88, 98, like 14, 15 years. And I never, ever tried it. He said, Jamie. I know you have the voice for it. You got me in your back pockets and we'll do it. And I did. But the, the thing is, Jim can do it so much cooler than me. I sound like a broken foghorn. I think it's awesome because no. it's like, no, I think it's like, because it's almost like, and don't, again, do not, don't take this the wrong way because no, I, I, I respect, I respect you. I would never I, sing ultimately. that way. It's almost like a superpower. Like, <laughs> Yeah, dude. Like yeah, it's bro. like you're like you like it living is. your normal life, and then all of a sudden you're just like, ee! and it's just like boom, you know. Like it's that. Yeah. I think that's yeah. better, to be honest with you. You know, it's funny. You go to YouTube because I mean, a lot of people can do this now. They see me on MythBusters. You see all these people doing it, and I'm like, yeah. But in the back of my mind, like. I know they learned it for me because nobody in their right mind will make a sound yeah. that stupid. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, no so I think that's the cool. I think that's the preferred way because it's almost like you could just pull it out at any point and just yeah. Do, well, it is. It's a, it's a kind of a, <sighs> go into I mean, a Lennox. You know, remember those stores? <laughs> Listen, I went into not one of those, but I went into this crystal shop in Columbus looking for new shots. We, I'm always wanting something to challenge me. So I've yeah. had some. We haven't done those shows like, <laughs> like really high target practice. And I'm like walk in, and the first thing the manager come and said, "You cannot open your mouth in the store." Okay, we know. Who <laughs> oh, you're known in the crystal community. Yeah, apparently. that's so cool, dude. So I was like, uh, and even Shops Weasel, the the company we use, they were pissed at me for a while. Uh, we were ordering, and they uh, they were like, no, because their motto is our glasses are unbreakable. I mean, you, they're tight. Oh, no. <laughs> you can drop them oh, on the floor, no. and they won't shatter My, most of the time. I mean, it's glass. You can't shatter it. But uh, I softened them up, and I was like, dude, you got to realize you could be like, nothing could shatter our glasses except for Jamie Vendera. <laughs> I said, excuse me for free. I don't care. And the next thing I know, they're sending me hundreds of these things for free. So Yeah, I would think that would be a so good cool. ad. Just show you, like, this is oh, the only yeah. thing you could do. Like, come on, guys. Jeez, get it together. That's uh, <laughs> yeah. that's yep. that's truly spectacular. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of fun to think about. Like, you're a wanted man in the crystal community. You know, it's uh, like mm -hmm. any anybody, any young boy who's ever been dragged into a crystal store by their mother, um, you know, they're probably, now they get yeah, yeah, now they got something, something in their back pocket. They're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. oh, really? And they just pull out a little YouTube. What, what would Jamie do? Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, like that, the, that superpower. It's like the expression, like a bull in a china shop, you know, like Jamie in a crystal shop. <laughs> I'd use that. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. So how, but before I forget, how were the, how was your Mythbusters experience? Were they cool as, as cool as they're, I think? Cause I, I love that show when I was a kid. I've seen every episode. Yeah. You know what's so funny? Um, before they went off air, when it was just Jamie and Adam, what, three or four years ago, um, Adam reached out to me and he says, dude, uh, we had a meeting this morning and we're talking about doing a best of Mythbusters. And the first thing that came out of my mouth was your name. Or bet, would you please come do? I said, absolutely. Yeah. So it's like 10, 12 years after the show. And um, then, of course, that they actually end up getting canceled. So they never yeah. got to do it. So. Yeah, but yeah, shame. they were both awesome people. Yes, yeah, that's such a cool, you know, back when Discovery, you know, kind of showed you some 
I mean, like they, I love those Alaskan crab people or whatever, the, the bush people yeah. of Alaska. They're, yeah. they're, I can't act like I don't. Anytime I'm in a hotel for work, I'm like watching eight hours of Alaskan bush people. That's usually yeah. what ends up happening <laughs> when I'm done work and working from the hotel. Um, so, you know, one of the last non-Dream Theater questions I have for you, man. Um, who are some like modern pop singers that you think um, are like, better than the rest maybe that that would kind of oh, surprise dude, people you know what i've been studying the thing is everyone thinks i'm metal and rock and like i said i come from uh, even the stuff my mom listened to in the 80s i was all about ready for the world prince uh new edition uh bands like that i love the four-part harmony and melvin riley from ready for the world i don't know if you remember oh sheila one of my all-time favorite singers i absolutely love him um so i'm, I'm drawn to a lot of that but i'm hearing um, someone I didn't think was really good was Ariana Grande. And then I started listening oh. to her and I'm like, Oh, wow. I mean, like uh, hearing her impersonations is what drew me in. And then hearing her and the fluidity of her voice, uh, her, uh, the weekend. Uh, I love. Yeah. He's really her. good. He's, he was one of those guys where I wanted to be like, man, this guy probably sucks. And then I was like, yeah, I got this a guy's student, really good. Um, I got a student who's an uh, Indian. Um, I forget where he lived in India, but he, I think he was born and raised here. And uh, he sounds a lot like The Weeknd, but I'm like, dude, because he grew up studying the scales. I love Bollywood stuff, India. man. I'm, dude, mm-hmm. I know. I said, dude, yeah. if you want to make it, uh, you already have that natural, almost Michael Jackson tone. Approach it like that, but add some of the uh, the Indian influence to make a, a huge difference. So yeah. we've got yeah, a lot so, of li- we've got a lot of listeners in the Cosmic Canoe in India. They they, they come out for this show. So shout out to oh, India. Yeah. Oh, oh, dude, yeah. Us. Well, Pritam, Shamli, uh, Kudgadi, um, Nakasha Aziz, um, uh, Shuparao, Harshdeep Kaur. I, I worked with quite a few Bollywood artists. That's amazing. Man. Nice. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I always, I always. I'll be honest with you, that's another one I'll sit there and watch for eight hours. Um, so, you know, we've been kind of hitting on it the whole time here. So how did you end up, uh, you know, working with James Labrie from Dream Theater? Because obviously we talked about at the top of the show. He's a friend of ours, former guest, episode 94, just a couple weeks ago. Um, and Dream Theater's newest, you know, live album, uh, Distant Memories, uh, live yeah. in London. I mean, really good. you can really hear kind of your, I guess, it's like your, uh, a little bit of your handiwork well, in helping I, him uh, I, and coaching I, I him. I say that, I mean, I, but he he did the work, man. And he had like three or four of these kits on the road. I made him a warm-up, and he stayed on it. He even told me before they recorded, he said, dude, I think they took it over two two shows in London or somewhere. And he says, uh, I, I felt spot on. My voice felt amazing. Um, like I said earlier, I, I, didn't, <laughs> I didn't care for Dream Theater back in the 90s. But then my drummer, uh, Keith Gilbert, was into them, and I started listening. Dude, I fell in love with his voice. It was kind of like if Freddie him. Mercury sang for a prog band or something. He just had that and that, that that Mercury-type tone, that clean tone. I never thought about it like that. Dude, mm-hmm. yeah, and I asked him about it, and that's that's a huge influence for him. And that's if I'm comparing, that's probably the closest thing <laughs> uh, that comes to me. So li- now that you listen to Dream Theory, you'll be, you'll be hearing that. Yeah. So, um, Gigantor. Uh, oh, Megadeth. yeah. Megadeth. I remember and that. So, um, I had the Voice Connection website, and I was trying to interview James Labrie. They were coming to Huntington, West Virginia. And this was back pre-Facebook. You couldn't hardly get a hold of anyone. So, I'm emailing his webmasters. You have to, like, stuff. wait outside their show like a crazy person. Almost. You know, not, what I did, my foot in the door was Mythbusters. I said, hey, I, you know, I was on Mythbusters. I, uh, I shattered a glass with my voice, and I got that this probably website. probably caught his attention. And cause exactly. So mm-hmm. he personally emailed me and he says, um, 
you know what? I'm not doing any interviews in Huntington, but you're getting one uh, because uh, the guys in Dream Theater do not believe you can shatter glass. We're not calling you a liar, but we just can't <laughs> believe it's possible. And so me and Keith Gilbert, my old drummer, we took, took a wine glass. I left it in the car. I get on the tour bus for the interview. He looks at me and says, so you can really shatter a glass, huh? And I smiled and I let out this blood-curdling scream and kind of shocked him. And Keith said, you want me to go get the wine glass? And James says, never mind. <laughs> he says, I believe you. Uh, and we just, we became friends. We stayed in contact. And around 08, we're talking. And he says, you know, I've um, had the accident in 94 where he ruptured both cords. And he said, dude, it's, it's, it's been a rough road. You know, I'm, I'm still singing, but there's still some stuff there. I said, well, why don't you let me, let me work with you? You know, why don't you try these, these bizarre exercises? So I worked with him during Black Clouds and Silver Linings. And if it's not broke, don't fix it. I don't think uh, a singer needs constant vocal lessons. So we, we did maybe a dozen, and uh, he toured. He felt great. We stayed in touch. Uh, I'd go to concerts and see him. And a couple of years ago, when the, the Vokes came out, I took him one. I said, you're going to love this thing. And he tried it out, and he loved it. And then I didn't talk to him for maybe six, seven months. I said, how's the Vokes going? Uh, I put it away. Why? He said, it's making my voice tired. Well, what he was doing, he was filling it way too high with water. Mm. This is like lifting weights with water. So you see, I've got very little water in this thing. The more you have, the more weight that's your uh, back pressure you're putting against your cords. So when we readjusted him, bam, it fell into place. And he had called me before uh, distance over time he said hey you think um you could give me jim gillette's uh phone number i'd like to talk to him maybe do some lessons with him and you know i'm always experimenting i said i'll call him he ain't going to work with you uh because he actually passed the torch to me i teach his vocal power scales and um actually gave jim gillette a couple vocal lessons like uh, what three years ago when they were re they were going to reform nitro for a minute and he wanted to scream so we worked on that but i told james i said we can we can go over the scales or man i can introduce you and get into this vokes thing and um that's what we did we started doing lessons and he's like dude I can't believe it. And even the story he told you from South America, I didn't know that. He never even told me that. And I'm like, makes me happy. <laughs> nice. Use that for a YouTube ad. Nice. There yeah. you go. Well, I told him, I said, I, yeah, James, if you're watching this, you told me like weeks ago you were going to re redo what you told these guys on the show. I'm still waiting. I'm still <laughs> you may have to hit him up on Cameo. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna text you later and say that. Hey, so I got a freaking cameo to get that. Yeah, that from you. Nice. Yep, that's awesome, man. So you know, uh, as we wind down here, Jamie, obviously we're gonna have to have you back on. There's so much, so much to talk about, uh, and you're into so much stuff. Um, where is the best place for you know people to keep up with you, people to get in contact with you if you if they kind of want to work on themselves or you know get some lessons, whatever it is? What's the best way to get the Jamie uh, experience? I would go to jamievendera.com. Um, you know, lessons, or you can reach out. You can. I I still after all these years personally answer all the emails that are sent to me. Uh, it's overwhelming, <laughs> but I do it. It's just, I, I haven't hired an assistant. I just, I'm not like that. I'm not wired that way. Uh, you can buy eBooks and audio programs. You can get the screaming stuff. I talk about screaminglessons.com. It's all on jamievendera.com. Uh, again, I write a lot of fiction too. Uh, just as much fiction as do really? fiction. You have to, dude, I've written horror 
uh, YA fantasy, mafia. And it was funny. I had a partner, Daniel Middleton, and he still does all my interior book design. And we started 711press.com because I'm so, this is how I am. I'm always thinking, I'm always creating. And I said, let's write some fiction together. We started writing. And then he got so busy, he's like, he didn't have time. So I just took it over. And he still works with me on the other stuff. But uh, we had all these fake names. And we have one editor, Rich Dalglish. So I called Rich. I said, hey, dude, I mean, I know I'm not stupid. I know when I'm writing about werecats, you know, Jamie Lynn Sanders, you know it's me. And when I'm writing horror, like Flight 666, you know it's me. And Rich says, no, wait, what? No, there is no way all these different genre authors are you because when i get into a genre that's how i write i actually change my persona and really focus and get into the that's awesome video. but i just always that's cool. constantly writing man i'm writing a series now uh to tie in with songs called the chronicles of endure and stith and we might do the same with angel fire east and all, all the other music i'm doing but um constant i mean i just i'm always writing something it never stops but you can get that check that stuff out at vendera publishing.com or go to Amazon. If you go to Amazon, we get a lot of stuff from Kindle, a lot of stuff from print uh, that you can see. So, so yeah, you, then you will realize what a freak I am. <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, uh, you know, you may, makes me want to get a lesson and you know, maybe, maybe uh, you just got some crystal where you want to fuck up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Holler, holler at your boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure, man. Thank you so much for hopping in the cosmic canoe with us. And uh, we're, we're going to see you down the road. All right, brother.